0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Life and Death by Design. I am your host, Lena Crespo, and boy, oh boy, have I got a show for you today. Today, we're going to be speaking about soul contracts. Yes, last episode, we were talking about death and suicide. Um, I was basically explaining that all deaths are suicide in the sense that a soul chooses for itself the proper time to leave this earth system, no matter what circumstances surrounds a death, whether it be a tragic accident, or whether it be a suicide. And today we're going to be speaking about soul contracts, those personal contract agreements that we made before arriving here into this physical reality. Now I have to warn you that this may be a bit of a hard pill to swallow, primarily because it places a lot of your unpleasant experiences back into your own hands. So before I go into that, let me explain to you what a soul group is. A soul group is a collection of people that we have done numerous lifetimes with. People that we are familiar with. Actually, let me not even say people, let me just say souls. These souls have agreed to come into our lifetimes and and play numerous parts uh, within our lives for purposes of self-development. And we have done the same for them. A soul group can be as few as a hundred and as many as a thousand or even more. No one really knows. It just really depends on how many times you have reincarnated into this physical environment or any other realm for that matter. Now, these soul connections typically consist of all of our family, all of our closest friends, all of our closest um, associations. If you've been on jobs for um, years on end and have gotten very close with certain people, they're more than likely part of your soul group. Um, Of course, our children, our relatives, um, even ancestral relatives, all are part of our soul group. Now, in my last episode of suicide in a soul, I explained how entry into the body was planned by a soul. And if the entry of the body is planned by a soul, the incarnation, then soul is the death, no matter how traumatic that seems. The reason why I'm bringing that up right now is to bring you back to the re-entry of the body, the entry of the body, the incarnation of a human body. So on the hypothesis that a soul enters the body by will, enters this earth system by will, there have to be a pre-selection process. And that pre-selection process is done within soul groups. All right. And a pre-selection process is done for purposes of figuring out a soul's purpose for entering into this earth school, the things that that soul have to learn, the assignments, the purposes of that soul, whatever that soul decides to work out in its um, eternal entity of evolution, that soul gets to decide what it wants to work out. And within that plan, it also needs other people, other souls to help it in its journey. No one can do this life by themselves. And just to show you what that may look like, let me just give you a brief illustration of one of my favorite children parables, by Don, by Donald Neil Walsh called the little soul and the son. So this, um, little soul was in non-physical reality with God. He realized that he was light, but he wanted to know what it, what it felt like to experience who he really is. So he decided to become a special type of light called forgiveness. And although he knew that he was light, love and forgiveness, he wanted to know what it felt like to be forgiveness. He wanted to experience forgiveness in the physical form. He wanted to feel it. It's one thing to be forgiving. It's one thing to be love. It's one thing to be light. But he wanted to know what it felt like to actual be forgiveness, to experience forgiveness on a human level, on a physical, emotional level. So when he told God of his plan, God said, that's a wonderful plan that you want to be a special type of light called forgiveness. However, I made everyone and everything perfect. So then who then is there to forgive? At that time, a friendly soul came out of nowhere and said, I'll do it for you. This friendly soul offered to dim its bright light to become so dense, dark and heavy to enter into this earth system within that little soul's next lifetime to give him something to forgive. And so the little soul said, well, why would you do this? He said, because we've done it for each other. We've been through many lifetimes together. We've been the in and the out of it, the up and the down of it, the here and the there of it. We both played the female and the male, and we both have been the victim and the villain. So this time I'll come into your next lifetime. I'll do something so terrible. But when I do this terrible thing, when I smite you and do this dark, horrible thing to you, please don't forget who I am. Because if you forget who I am, then you might forget who you are, and if we and if we both forget who we are, then we're going to need another soul to come down here to remind us of who we really are, which is light and love. So that's just a, a small illustration of a probability of a purpose of being down here on Earth. And that story is so inspiring. It's a children's. It appears to be a children's parable, but the message within it is profound. Now, the reason why I bring that particular illustration to this episode is because it speaks volumes about the different purposes that people play in our lives. And it it also kind of sheds light on the fact that, or the probability that we actually uh, plan our lives in advance. Now, this is not to say that every aspect and every detail of our earthly life was planned because as you all know, we do have a free will and we have free will to choose this path or that path. And sometimes our plans are derailed because in coming down here, we forget who we are and we forget our purpose of who we are, which is why we're here for self-discovery. If we knew why we were were coming here, then there'll be no point in self-discovery. There'll be no point in, in, in spiritual evolution and there'll be no point in the soul even entering into this system. So we come here for a reason. God has has allowed and created this this universe for us to expand our energies, for us to expand who we really are and bring ourselves back to a place of wholeness, right? And also to have physical encounters with the things that we create, to um, have physical experiences with who we are as people, as far as the energy that we give off, we get to see firsthand how we affect people and we get to expand our energy in just so many different ways. So when it comes to soul groups, we do have life contracts with certain people to show up at certain times in our life to either remind us about who we are, who we really are. Those are those encouraging inspirational people that you have in your circle. That's always positive. That's always giving you something, you know, something to move forward with. And we also have people in our lives that we have made agreements with to come here and show us who we are on the other level, as far as evolution, to show us how we're doing in life. And those are our birds of a feather flock together crew. You know, because believe it or not, birds of a feather do flock together. If you have someone in your circle that you consider to be always drama, someone that always challenges your emotions, someone that you don't necessarily agree with their characteristics and it kind of gets you a bit stirred up, anyone that affects you on a personal emotional level that causes your energy to go in a way that you would not prefer, those are the most important partnerships. Those relationships imply spiritual partnerships, spiritual contracts, and you may be saying, oh, why? Like, (laughs) that can't be, because I can't stand these people, and I try to get away from them as much as possible. Well, you're the orchestrator of those people. You set it up to where they are able to be in your life at a certain time to show you who you are. Now, you may not think that you have anything to do with that person that you despise, that characteristic that you despise in that person, okay? But- Life and all of our associations are ourselves pushed out. Everyone within our circle and everyone within everything within your life is a reflection of who you are and what you absolutely believe. Okay, and so when you have people that come into your life to challenge you, you call yourself running from them. Oh, I'm getting away from this person, I don't like this person, I don't like that person. That's typically because. We haven't come to a place where we're able to self-reflect and see that whatever this person did tell us is actually true. Like you have two kinds of people, the person that will come in your life that is really honest, that you consider to be a friend, and they have the ability to actually tell you not what you want to hear, but to really tell you the truth about who you are and what you're giving off to people. And then you have the people that show you who you are through their own characteristics and who they are as people. And you deem yourself, you know, separate from them or better from them because you don't agree with their behavior. Well, the thing that we fear are the things that we most likely have have within ourselves, right? And so you're not able to spiritually see that because you haven't come to a place of reflection. And so what we do is we say, well, I'm getting away from this person. I don't want this person in my circle. And then you go somewhere else and you still end up constantly on the same cycle of running into the same type of people. Because when you get a person that, ha- that suffers from addiction and they say that they want to get out of their environment in order for them to become sober, your first response to them is that you can't run from yourself. Well, the same thing is true for us. We can't run from ourselves. And with this one person... That you had forgot that you set up this contract with to show you who you are. Here's another person on the other side of the, in another state showing you exactly who you are as well. It just keeps going on and on and on until you realize that you set up these people in advance. And you might not ever even come to the realization that you set up these people in advance. But one day you will come to understand Um, it wasn't until you changed. It wasn't until you evolved that these people actually fell away because a lot of times we put things on God and say, well, God, you know, remove these people from my life. And, in actuality, what you did was you left. Okay. You took the action and you left and you tried to go somewhere and you kept on running into these same type of people. Right. And so we put it on God and say, well, you know, God don't want these people around me and I'm so positive And that's why he keeps moving me from here to where from here to there. Well, that's not true. People fall away when we change our behaviors, when we evolve and get the lesson and become more conscious of ourselves and our actions is when people fall away. No one is removed out of your life. People grow, and when you grow, the old you falls away, and with the old you also falls away the people that was associated with the old you. So when you see people running and saying, I'm moving away from here, or I don't want nothing to do with them, or I'm not going to speak to these people and all of this effort in getting people out of their lives, they have not evolved. Because had they evolved, they don't have to get anybody out their lives. All they have to do is change. You know, if you're a person that suffered with a certain addiction and you no longer do that anymore, you're not going to hang out with those same people. They're not going to have anything in common with you anymore in order to associate you with their lives. So they end up falling away. It's not that they were bad. They served their purpose in your life. They got you to realize something and unbeknownst to you, they got you to realize something within yourself to where you didn't want to be at that level anymore. And it's not that you got better or bigger. It's just that you moved on in your evolution because none of us are bigger and better than anyone, nor are we beneath anyone either. And so when people end up falling away from our lives, that's just an an indication of our spiritual growth. And the same thing goes for if you're at a certain level and you happen to decline, your surroundings will show it. The people that you used to hang out with that was more of a positive influence is no longer there. Okay. Because you have went backwards. So people are placed in our lives where we actually have contracts with these people and to to come into our lifetimes to show us who we are. And by them being affiliated affiliated with us at certain stages of, of our lives, gives us a clear indication of our own growth of who we are. You know that you have come up if you're not around the same people or the same circle, or you have started, or you have started attracting different types of people in your life. And those different types of people in your lives are also part of your soul group because we choose these people to show us who we are and where we are in our spiritual growth. Without these people, we would not know where we're at. If we had to do life by ourselves, if, if we didn't have that contrast, that polarity, we would not know how far we've come if we're even on the right path, right? So these people are necessary. We're running from them, but they're absolutely necessary. And if you run from one person that you had a contract with, You only set up a few more because you already knew in advance that you was going to be hard headed. (laughs) Okay. So you have somebody in another stage of your life, the same type of person that's telling you the same thing or trying to show you who you are. And the thing is, is that they themselves are not even consciously aware of their role in your life at that moment either. They're just simply playing their part. Now we descend into this physical environment with very specific purposes and those purposes change during the course of our lives through different phases of our lives, right? Now the rule of thumb is that we cannot advance in life unless we overcome our current challenges in life but most of us don't realize what our challenges are or the things that we are to overcome rather because they are too painful to face. So then it becomes easier to just stick our head in the sand rather than face the challenges that was prepared for us, that we prepared for ourselves in advance because we can't see that far. We don't have that type of spiritual insight at that moment. That insight sets in once we develop the ability to self-reflect, once we have the courage rather to self-reflect on our behavior and to see how we can be possibly impacting someone else's lives in a negative way. Or maybe it's just a personal challenge that we have to overcome, which is one of our purposes for being here. So for this reason, you may see um, a set of parents who are prejudiced against let's say homosexuality and then now they're faced with the challenge of overcoming that prejudice because now they have children that they cannot turn their backs on and a lot of them do turn their backs on children I'm just speaking hypothetically now they have children that uh turn out to be homosexual that brought that challenge into their life because that was their sole contract that was the agreement that they made in advance that they forgot all about and so now they're faced with this very painful thing because their religion will not let them accept this type of behavior from any human, let alone their own child. But when it but when they're faced with this type of scenario or situation, now they're forced to make a choice. Okay. And in making that choice, it takes a lot of self-reflection. It takes um, contemplation. It takes acceptance. It takes um, love a person, opening up their heart enough to love a person anyway. And all of these different phases of healing is necessary in order for these parents to come to a place of acceptance, love, and understanding. But working out one's prejudice, um, may not be the lesson in this at all. The lesson or the purpose of this particular situation could be simply for the parents to come to a place of unconditional love. It has more to do with love than hate. The point I'm trying to make is that your most challenging, uh, characteristics of a person is most likely to show up within your personal environment, your inner circle within your family and the people you love the most, because those are the people that's harder to turn your back on. Those are the people that's not so easily to be dismissed. And so you're faced and you're forced to really look at a situation for what it is and work that thing out. And this is the reason why a lot of those situations that challenges us the most like addiction or racism or prejudice or whatever it may be comes into our family circle. If it came to you, it came to you for a purpose, especially if it challenges your core beliefs of how things should be. So the main point that I'm trying to make is we shouldn't so easily judge a painful situation that we're faced with no matter how uncomfortable it is. Whenever we're faced with a painful situation or a a decision or characteristic that tests our belief system or our moral standing, just understand that, That's a situation that you set up for yourself to remind yourself of who you are, which is unconditional love, because somewhere along the line, you have forgotten and you have gotten lost. You have gotten lost in religion. You have gotten lost in politics. You have gotten lost in your ego. And so you judge situations and put people in boxes and that does more harm than good. And without those people, we wouldn't really know who we are. Or the things we actually struggle with, you know, without these type of people bringing our flaws or our imperfections to the surface, we cannot heal those things that bind us. And being blinded to those things also distracts us from becoming better versions of ourselves because when we're not able to see ourselves for who we really are, we're more on guard and we're more on the lookout for something evil coming in as opposed to bringing the best version or the best parts of ourselves out to be shown to the world. As for me in my life, when I look back, I see so many people that have warned me of who I am, that have shown me just in them not even want to be involved with me in any kind of way or affiliated with me. I had to take a long, hard look at myself and the energy that I was putting out to the world. And I didn't like what I saw. And I saw uh, what other people saw in me that they were trying to tell me. And it wasn't until... I changed myself that I had a strong desire to become a different type of person, that thing started looking up for me. The more I changed, the more my environment and my circle of friends changed and new people started coming into my life as I changed. And as I progressed, new people were coming in and the old people were falling away. And I realized it was not because I was better than them or because I wasn't like them. I realized I was exactly like them. And as I began to advance more in life, I came to the realization of who these people were along my path. And I developed a strong appreciation for their presence, even though at that time, their presence seemed toxic or it didn't seem like it aligned with who I was, but that's because I had a false, a false perception of myself. So I developed a, like I said, an appreciation for these people because I realized the role that they played in my life. I realized what they've done for me, the gift that they have given me, the gift of showing me who I am because birds of a certain feather do flock together and I had to realize that, and that was a harsh reality for me, but it was the most rewarding. See, when you're able to open up your eyes and look at life through a different perspective, a metaphysical perspective, you're able to discern um, different purposes and and people in your life, and instead of anything being an error, you realize that the whole of life is here to serve you, including all the people and all the associations that you've had from the time you were a little, a little child up until your adult years, up until now, it's all purposeful. Everything is to serve you. And no matter how drastic that looks, it's still here to serve you. And here's the beauty of it all. As you change, as you evolve and get better, your environment will reflect that change. The people around you that you once knew will be there to testify of that change. You see? And so that's the beauty of it all. You get that confirmation without telling anyone of your internal struggles of change. They testify for you because they tell you how different you are. They compliment you on your new change. Your environment has changed and you realize how drastically different your environment is compared to your old self. So then you have no other choice but to appreciate those who have helped you get there. So when you say I've done all this on my own, no, you haven't. Thanks to all those people that you considered bad. Thanks to all those people that you considered um, drama. Thanks to all those people that twisted your gears up and put your energy in a whole different galaxy. Thanks to them, you are who you are today. So let's try to have a little bit more patience and acceptance for the people and situations that come in our lives. So thank you for joining me on this episode of Soul Contracts. I'm looking forward to my next episode next week. It'll be posted on Monday. Um, You can follow me on Instagram. I am Lena Crespo. And don't forget to drop by my website at www.lenacrespo.com. Thank you so much and you have a wonderful day. See you next episode. Bye-bye.